Hi, this is Pastor Ken Ortiz, and welcome to Real Answers to Real Questions. This podcast is designed to do just exactly that. In my 35 years of pastoral ministry, I've had hundreds of people, if not thousands, come to me with various questions, and frankly, it's so hard for people on a normal Sunday morning to come up and ask those questions. So we've created a format where you can submit your questions, and I'll do my best to provide you with as scripturally accurate an answer as I can to those questions. On the following shows, uh, Dan McMahon is going to be co-hosting with me. He has been my co-host for, with my radio program for many years, and he's a good friend. He's an elder in our church, and uh, we're going to just basically engage in a conversation as we go through the questions that you have submitted. All right, Ken, first question of the day. What is the rationale for Old Testament characters having multiple wives and not really mentioning the ethical choices of these kings. I understand it was a different time, but the New Testament seems to be more clear on having one man and one woman in a marriage. It's a good question. I, I think that where we really need to begin is with what was God's ideal, and Jesus expressed that in Matthew 19 when he said in, in the beginning, uh, there was one man and one woman, and that's God's plan for us. What we find is that it's with the entrance of sin into human history that we very quickly see in the fourth chapter of Genesis uh, the first case of a polygamous relationship where Lemek tells us that he has two wives. And uh, this becomes something that kind of... Uh, seems to be propagated as you go through the Old Testament. Um, in every case that we find it mentioned in the New Testament, or excuse me, in the Old Testament, it always leads to problems, and particularly we find it coming to a kind of a, a strong point with the life of Solomon, who had 300 wives and 700 concubines, and they turned away his heart from serving the Lord. Mm. It's interesting because there is still places in the world today where people practice polygamy, uh, particularly in the Arab world and amongst the Bedouin people. Bedouin meaning literally means desert people. And uh, the Bedoui, as they're referred to, are allowed, according to uh, Islamic tradition and teaching, to have as many as five wives. Uh, but it's interesting because one of the things that the Bedouin are known for is their Turkish coffee. And, very, and they said that the secret of a good coffee is it has to be as black as a woman's hair, as strong as a man, and as bitter as marriage. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that that really is in itself is a commentary on the nature of, of these polygamous unions. Uh, I don't think that uh, the Bible always comments on everything. Sometimes it just simply tells us what people did with the understanding, I think, that this is the direction that happens when men turn their backs on God. Mm. There just isn't uh, a single example where a polygamous union ever resulted in any positive thing. Take, for mm. example, we're talking about Abraham and Sarah mm -hmm. and Hagar and the problems that came with that producing the conflicts that we see even in the Middle East today. So I don't know. I, it, I think that sometimes people see it as a justification, as uh, the, the Quran tends to see polygamous unions, but it's really more an evidence of what happens when men take their eyes off God. And any idea of having multiple partners is really going against the natural orientation of, of man's character and soul. And don't you think that part of that is just because it's it seems to be so prevalent in the Old Testament? It seems like it's always talked about uh, as a kind of a normal or natural process 
uh, with the relationships back then. There, everyone seemed to have multiple wives. Well, it, it seems that way, but in fact, uh, it wasn't that common because mm. the reality is not many people could afford it. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it really, even today in the in the Arab world where it's allowable, you find it's only people who have enough economic resources that they can afford to have multiple wives. But the reality is it was oppressive then and it's oppressive now. Mm. It, it really is a uh, an indication of a corrupting of culture and not one of building culture up. So the biggest examples we see in the case, of course, uh, Jacob, who had four wives and produced 12 children, who became the 12 tribes of Israel. And yet we don't ever really see that as being expressed as a normal behavior. Mm. And what becomes normal is Mary and Joseph. I exactly. Mean, that's, that's the normal. Mm. So it just it's a, it's more a sense of how it appears to us, not necessarily uh, the way it actually was. Yeah, it it does seem like you know when you trans when you transfer from the Old Testament to the New Testament and reading, you really don't see that anywhere written where that's that is the common practice of the New Testament times. You know when when Jesus walked the earth. And... Yeah. No. It, it it really wasn't that common. Mm. I mean, it's again it most people simply couldn't afford to have multiple wives. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to question number two. Does God and or Satan show up in our dreams? Interesting. Uh, my answer is yes. <laughs> I think it's quite possible. I mean, uh, one of the things we need to be careful about is every dream isn't a spiritual dream. Uh, one of the things that Solomon said in the book of Ecclesiastes is that dreams come out of the abundance of a day's business. Yes. So dreams, we know, are a, a natural way for us to release stress and tension. And sometimes we have very uh, dynamic and sometimes frightening uh, dreams, which can give indication to some kind of internal stress that we're not really verbalizing or even facing directly. Having said that, is the enemy, is God able to speak to me in my dreams? And I would say certainly. One of the things uh, the Old Testament particularly talked about, night visions, and that's what Daniel experienced. And night visions are just simply God revealing himself through dreams, as he did to Pharaoh, as he did to Nebuchadnezzar and others, as well as to Daniel, who was given interpretations of those dreams. So, yeah, I think, it, I think it's potentially possible. And the same way I I know that Satan can influence my dreams, that sometimes you can have these horribly dark, yeah. d- demonic dreams, and you can just go, you, you know, kind of wake up and feel like you've just been in battle with the enemy. But I think it's always important to re- really keep in mind that most dreams are not of that character. Mm-hmm. Most dreams are going to be just the result of having a bad day. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was thinking, um, when I have those those dreams that are kind of... Uh, uh, kind of shift from one thing to another and different people, and it just they're just kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll remember those, and I'll wake up and I think, well, that was something I ate last night. You know, they, they hold no value to me. Right. But those then you have those dreams that seem to be very clear, and there's a purpose to the whole thing. And I think those are the things that make me stop and think, God, is there something in that for me? Are you trying to say something to me? Well, I think that you hit on a good point, Dan. It's the clarity and mm-hmm. the ability to remember clearly. Yeah what was said or what you heard and what you experienced. And I think that that in itself becomes the critical issue. And I think at the end of the day, how do we, how do we interpret those things? Well, I, I, we begin with the knowledge of God's Word. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's some things I've had dreams and I've just woken up from them, and I realized this was not of God. Right. I mean, because it just contradicts everything that God says in His world, in His Word. And there's other things that bring comfort to my heart. And yeah. I just know that... God is with me. Hmm. And I, I, you know, I had 
I've had a couple of those dreams that were really, really powerfully comforting and assuring to my soul, uh, particularly with the passage of my father. I know that he had given his life to the Lord, but he had severe dementia before he died and really began to wonder, did he really know the Mm. Lord? And I had a dream very clearly of seeing him in heaven. uh, And uh, it was one of the things, because I had been praying, God, give me an assurance in my heart. And one night I had a dream. And the same thing happened with my mom. My brother actually had the same dream two nights in a row about my mom as well. Wow. And it was really good because, you know, one of the things you know about your parents, because most of their lives were spent as non-Christians, and they have a lot of character traits and behaviors that make you wonder about how both of them giving their life, at really at the very ends of their life, giving their life to the Lord, and really wondering, did they really, did it really take, did they really get saved? And it was just a very comforting thing to know that what I, the way I put it is, I saw them in the presence of God, and they were fixed. Hmm. Everything that was, they were them, but everything that was damaged about them was gone. Wow! And they were, they were who they were, but they were perfected in their, in that kind of their humanity. Um, it was a pretty powerful and comforting thing, as well as giving me just a sense of what I really believe takes place when we go home to be with the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's beautiful. Well, this brings us to the end of our current podcast, and I hope that our responses to the questions that you submitted were helpful. If you found them to be worthwhile and this a good investment of your time, we encourage you to write a review and uh, send us your comments. This is a forum in which we're looking to have a dialogue with those who listen. If you have questions that you would like us to answer, we'd encourage you to submit those. Uh, You can do that easily by just going to our website at www.calvaryspokane.com, and we'll take them as they come in. Just about any question is okay, but we'd just like to say that we try to answer biblical questions. Uh, I can't give you financial advice or medical advice, but I can tell you what the Bible has to say. Uh, We encourage you to subscribe to this podcast so that you can join with us regularly as we continue to answer your questions with what we believe are real biblical answers.